da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Showtime. Brian Gill, what's the movie of the week this week? The movie of the week, my dear friends, Scott Cooper, Johnny Depp, Black Mass. Brian, you're stoked right now. I'm so stoked. You're like at the edge of your seat. I can sense it through audio that you're you're stoked. Yeah, Yeah. this is uh, this is a big one. This is a big one for me. I I don't know why, but. As this has gotten closer, I've been looking more and more forward to this one. So uh, you don't know why? Look, it looks very good, but this, for whatever reason, this is just the, this is the movie of the fall that's like really stoked my interest and has been for the last six months or so. So I, I feel so like not, I've been looking forward to this more than anything besides Star Wars. So not Maze Runner: The Scorched Trials. I was just going to say the Scorched Trials <laughs> was my number one uh, of the summer. Okay. And I win. Well, Sorry, to each Ryan. his own. Yeah. <laughs> you have been championing this one for a while. And, I have. Yeah, and yeah. can't wait for this one. It's the first Johnny Depp movie we've gotten in a while that actually piqued some sort of dramatic interest interest yeah. from adults. And he wasn't doing a a remake of a Disney movie or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or painting his face white right. or anything. Some um, white face paint in this, but. But almost no hats or scarves. I do want to point out, though, that his character's name was Whitey. So right. it was, yeah. I think it was written into his contract. It had to be some <laughs> kind of reference there. A lot of buzz coming into this one. Uh, the festival circuit and such. So always good. It's good to finally get into this part of the season. I know there's going to be a little bit of a lull here at the uh, end of September, early um, October. Uh, but I think we're we're now in the beginning of the real movie season basically anything that comes out from here on out is what you're going to be hearing about from now until oscar season and yeah if if any of the movies that have come out so far are still in the conversation uh such as a straight out of compton or uh who knows uh ex machina later down the road mm-hmm. that's going to be surprising because up to this point there's only one or two maybe inside out things like that yeah. that have a chance of still people still talking about it uh yeah at the end paul, of the year paul, so. paul bart too obviously i guess now the serious conversation starts which means we've wasted about nine months here um <laughs> in 2015 on most of these movies but it's been a good year so far but i'm i'm looking forward to the rest of it now now i'm most excited but yeah it's a back heavy year for sure i do want to say that we are we are going to knock out a tv pilots episode at some point yes um in the very you guys near started future. watching it? You I watch have not. I, I looked at the list last night when I asked you uh, where it was, and I've seen the uh, no. Uh, I've seen the NPH show. Okay. And good. I've seen. I'm going to go ahead and count Colbert. Yeah, that's that's a good one. And that's it. Nice. I've seen those two things. I have not yet. I'm going to see. I'm going. I'm excited to see Muppets. Yeah. Same. And then uh, you know, there's other shows. <laughs> you know what? I think uh, in terms of like. Uh, are there I'm other not, shows, Richard? Are I'm there? not totally out, and you guys might just land base me for this. I and I haven't seen or heard anything. I'm going purely off the commercials and the movie. Not yeah. totally out on Limitless. Like I'm not totally out on Minority Report either. I have seen stuff from Minority Report that is it's getting killed. Oh, is it? I like that movie. That's a shame. I know. Tom Cruise, believe it or not, better than Megan Good. <laughs> um, well. <laughs> no, but I do think the trailers for Limitless because I think that's such a stupid, fun 
TNT movie that it might actually work as a CBS procedural. I don't yeah, think I'll watch more than two episodes of it, but I think I'll be okay with it existing. Sure. Well, if Scorpion is working, then on CBS yeah. and most, yeah, it's not the worst. Idea. It, well, that's got, probably pairs that's well got with Scorpion. The yeah, that's true. It's got the McPhee. You know, it's the huge superstar. God. Better show Scorpion or CSI Cyber? Better cyber Oof. warfare show. Brian, I know you're uh, up to yeah. just a little bit too in the weeds for me. It's almost too yeah. realistic. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Scorpion is probably much better. I watched maybe five, six episodes of that last year. I watched maybe five, six minutes. Brian, how long is your life? life? Are you aware that you get like an extra 40 Maybe. years that we don't have? I know. It's it's a weird... Did someone tell you? That's what I think your completest I... thing has come to. I think an yeah. angel came to you and said, <laughs> Brian, you're going to live to be 135. Well, so you're like, yeah, this I'll, with TV. I'll, yeah. Yeah, I'll kill five hours of Scorpion. That's fine. You know, the thing with Scorpion was that Justin Lin directed the pilot and that was, it was pretty decent. It was a very, it was a very good pilot for what, you know, for the kind of show that it is. And for whatever reason, my son liked that one. Like he would perk up because there's like car chases and I don't know, things like that. And he would perk up with that. And so it was like, well, this is 40 minutes of my, of my week that I can fill with, uh, with at least a live action movie instead of watching cars again the cars the movie and uh so you know i went with it but there was there was definitely a limit to my to my ability to get through scorpion ah limit limitless get it yeah uh you tied it all back together and that's why they call you a pro brian (laughs) that's right just like a great comedian i didn't watch any of the emmys so, and I have not looked at the list of winners oh, or wow. losers. So I want y'all to break that news to me uh, tonight on the show as we discuss Brian, this nice. year's Emmys. You're going to be so mad at me. I watched all the Emmys live except for five minutes where I had to take my dog out. <laughs> and it was when John Hamm won. Oh, he won? John he won. won. So that I don't have to yell. You don't have to get the the dump button ready. It's yeah. it's a good day for, for everybody. Yeah, he he did. He did. I watched on major delay because uh, I had to go to a wedding. Uh, my well, you we my wife. You were in charge of parking. <laughs> yes, I was a very key part of uh, of a wedding. My wife's cousin, who I like quite a bit, great guy, uh, decided to uh, schedule his wedding for the Emmys, which is fine. Like it's not the Super Bowl, you know. So no one no one thinks about these things. I would have skipped it if it was the Oscars, but for the Emmys, okay, that's fine. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so I was I went uh, media blackout until I got home. I got home about uh, ten o'clock and fired that baby up. So uh, Richard, Brian, you guys watched live, yes? I did. I watched. I watched live. Um, it was good. Did you? So you watched? The, you didn't just fly through awards that you wanted. You 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 sat through. I I, I fast forwarded a bit through the entire Olive <laughs> Kitteridge. Can yes, just- through that entire like I could have watched the movie Olive Kitteridge rather than sit through oh all those. God. Like it took, it seemed like that took about six hours. Feel so free I did to give those it. if it's a year where it's like limited series and there's two nominees. Yeah, feel free to do those Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and maybe well, work know- in a lifetime achievement award to kill twenty minutes because yeah. that was brutal. They they kill off a bunch of those awards at the quote creative arts Emmys the, yeah. the, the week before and and I think some of those are, I, to be honest, significantly more important like supporting actor or, or guest appearance on a on a TV show things like that like those are on a drama those are important awards and um like okay did anybody I, Olive Kittredge looked fine and hey it got American Treasure Builder every nominee it, yeah but it's like 
every nominee is from a yeah. Ryan Murphy produced, yes. you know, American <laughs> Horror Story and or American Murder Story. And <laughs> it's like, it's just awkward because like right. those people wouldn't be in the drama. They wouldn't be nominated, you know, right. and that's fine. I'm cool with giving them their own thing. But, but no, you're you're right. It should have if one particular entry is winning all of the awards, just just do them all in one time and knock it out in about three minutes, and let's get to another Lonely Island yeah. song or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, what do you think <laughs> of this? What do you think of the Sandberg? Because you and I, I are yeah. our Lonely Island friends, our fans, right. and and Ken's Kent not as much, yeah. but he loves McGruber, which is weird. No, I love yeah. Sandberg. I just don't like Lonely Island. I right. think Lonely Island is. Was like, funny like, uh, for a time, but but you like MacGruber. I'm not it's looking so- forward to a Lonely Island movie in <laughs> oh, I, a year see, I am. or whatever. Because yeah, I love I Hot Rod and I love MacGruber. I, I, I love Sandberg, but <laughs> yeah, I don't love if, Hot if Rod, somebody throws on love- I'm in a boat or whatever well, I know, or I mean, in your car. You're just like roll your eyes, like oh my gosh, I know. you know but what I mean? That's that what was, I'm saying. People kill Seinfeld music too. I mean, there's certain things that aren't the fault of the creator. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, uh, Jack Sparrow is a is a work of art, just a masterpiece. Of, uh, <laughs> I of, like the uh, sax man with uh, Jack Black. That was pretty funny. Yes. And yes. Natalie's rap with Natalie Portman, where she just goes <laughs> off, is, is yeah. fun. Then there's are funny moments, but um, overall, it was played out. I thought. Sure. But no, you're fair. That's fair. But I love Sandberg. How did he do? I, I thought Sandberg was very good, and I there were mixed reviews. I read uh, I read several best slash worst of lists today. Uh, because again, I guess I just have a lot of time and, uh, and a, about half of them, Ryan Gill. <laughs> yeah, about half of them put him on the best list and about half put him on the worst list. So I don't know what that says about me or us or America, but, uh, I, I thought he did pretty good. I thought the audience was the problem. The first, the monologue and maybe the first couple of jokes series that he did were, it felt very awkward, and it, it felt like he was awkward not because he was unsure of himself, but because no one was really laughing at his bits and his jokes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, but personally, I thought it was much livelier from a writing standpoint than any of the yes. Emmys or Oscars have been in quite some that's time. That's my point. His delivery was weird, and that's just kind of you write that in with him because sure. someone has to deliver those jokes, and he's the best of the three to do it. Mm-hmm. But that writing was so much better than, than Neil Patrick Harris's writing on the Oscars. Yeah, it was absolutely. actually had some bite to it. It was funny. I giggled a few times. You know, there was a few just stupid jokes. But, you know, again, it's only I would write that in. Yeah. But I haven't seen that on an award show in like since like fan porn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gervais tried to do that with the Golden Globes, but it was I, I didn't receive it well. So I, <laughs> I don't think it was it was all that well received in general. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought Sandberg did a did a good job. If you if they wanted to bring back Sandberg again, I think uh, I'd be totally on board with that because that was a it just Buckle felt up in four fresher. Years when Fox gets it back. Yeah, exactly. So it felt much uh, fresher, I think, than the typical host stuff that we get. Sands, not not counting Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. They retired from hosting. Apparently. I know, and it's such a bummer. It's, that's the worst. They They're going to do the Oscars eventually. Event. They will. They absolutely should. Um, like they like to do. <laughs> sure. Where they can write it because the Oscars for some reason is like no. I understand you want to host, and you're a brilliant comedian, but <laughs> have you met Bruce Valanche? He'll be exactly. writing your jokes. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. okay. He's yeah. been relevant for 150 years. <laughs> you remember the Hollywood Squares from 1997? <laughs> he had those funny t-shirts. You're like, oh, man. The worst. Yes, yes. 
So do you want to you want to go through some of the better and worst moments? Or go through just, the list. Go through the the winners, losers, the important, the, the important ones. That I, I okay. have not heard any of them except I'll, for John Hamm, obviously. Now, okay. But. I'll, I've got my ballot here, so I'll, I'll fly through some of these real quick. Okay. Uh, if you if you have a thought, just you you're, you have a ballot, out. you have a vote. Who do you vote for? Supporting actress comedy went to Allison Janney. So American Treasure, Allison oh, Janney. Yeah, there you go. That, she became like I think she's up there with uh, she's won four in a row or something like that. Something Sandberg made a joke about her being the new Ed Asner, which was funny. But it was a she's she's racking up those Emmy wins, which is great because we love her. Even I don't, Mom is not my favorite show in the whole world, but she's fantastic as always. So, uh, supporting actor comedy went to Tony Hale. So we started the Veep train pretty early. Mm-hmm. Veep, Veep uh, took home some awards. Kent, I don't know. How well, to... let's keep let's keep talking <laughs> about those awards then. Yeah, they all, he Veep also took home some uh, like directing and writing awards. Comedy actor went to Jeffrey Tambor of uh, uh, Transparent. Kimmel had a show, great, which is not great funny. Day. Yes, not a not a comedy at all. Even though they redefined what is and what is not comedy and what is and what is not drama, still right. kind of missed on that one. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, great you know. show, I'm sure. Great, show. great show. It's just yeah, it's it's not. A, that's an interesting category because the nominees for comedy actor were Anthony Anderson of Blackish, Will Forte, Last Man on Earth. And then, like, a bunch of people who are not in comedies. Don Cheadle from House of Lies. That show, A, is not funny, and B, sucks. We've got to stop nominating that show for things. Matt LeBlanc for Episodes. That's a really dark comedy. William H. Macy for Shameless. That straight went off the rails this year. I've heard not at all a comedy. And then Tambor and Louis C.K. So that's a very interesting collection of, uh, right. of you, nominees the Samper- one of the best Sandberg jokes of the night, Kent, you'll like this, is he said, uh, he was like, something was not, was once a comedy, now it's drama. Something last year was now a drama, which is now a comedy. And Louie is now classified as jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, so, so who, so Tambor won? Tambor won, yeah. Which that I was guess I'm glad he was a drama because he probably would have beat uh, John Hamm and I would throw right. things. Kimmel did a great bit presenting that where he... He came out and said, uh, you know, something like there's all this security for these envelopes backstage and then they just hand it to me. So I could literally say whoever I want at this point and there's nothing that they could do about it. And so uh, he opened the envelope and went on this long diatribe about, "Eh, I guess this person probably deserves it. And then he ate the ballot so that uh, no one else could. Anyway, it was it was a funny bit. Um, But Tambor was, I think, kind of in a landslide on that category. Oh, we forgot Uh, to mention Real quick. So I tweeted back and forth this week with Yorma Tacone or Tacone, I never know how to say it, uh, f- uh, from the Lonely Island. And because uh, he tweeted out a picture of him and, and Will Forte. So I just tweeted back McGruber 2, McGruber 2. And uh, <laughs> he said, Yeah, we're, we'd love to make it or something. And I just took a shot in the dark and said, Hey, listen to our McGruber podcast. You know, whatever. Thought it'd be funny. Uh, and he listened to it. So we can now say that the director of McGruber. Has heard yeah. a MacGruber podcast, said he really enjoyed it, and they're definitely making MacGruber too. So we have it. Breaking news here on the Mad About Movies podcast: MacGruber two is officially happening because we heard <laughs> it straight from the source. That's right. Biggest day in the history of this show by far. You need to get him on the show. I I threw it out there. So we'll I, when, when when two comes out, we'll uh, yes. we'll hit him hard. We'll have him to Forte. We'll have to give him a formal invite at that point. <laughs> awesome. Yep. So, so who are, who else who else on this list? Uh, let's see. Dramatic actress went to Viola Davis, who gave a 
just a glorious speech. I love Viola Davis. That show, not my favorite, but she is just tremendous. So, well, well deserved there. Comedy series, The Reign of Terror of Modern Family is over. Veep took it home, finally. Um, I think I probably would have liked to seen Parks and Rec there just because I'm very Parks and Rec biased, but that's okay. Uh, Veep is a great show and totally deserved. Um, I like Modern Family. I don't know what's wrong I do with too. No, no, no. I, I think Modern Family is still a very good sitcom. I just think it's not better than Parks and Rec and Veep. Right. And but I Trans- remember years where Two and a Half Men won this every year. So oh, yeah. So I yeah. Modern Family all day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In context. Absolutely. Yeah. But you're right. I well, Veep's better and, and great and Parks and Rec's incredible. No argument there. But if Modern Family's winning it every year, that's like I can sleep at night. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. That's that's totally true. Um, nothing wrong with, with the old Modern Family. Very consistent, by the way. Modern yeah. Family, one of the most consistent shows on, on television, I think. Every week is like a solid B plus to A minus. Yeah. Every single episode. Last year was really good. And they started yeah. getting a little more serialized with it as opposed mm-hmm. to the okay. individual episodes. They've kind of worked in longer yeah. multi-episode storylines and stuff. And uh, yeah, and, yeah I still get to my attention. I mean, I've never taken off my... I started it with the pilot on my DVR and it's never left. I mean, I can yep. still kill... That's 20 minutes I can kill every week happily. Yeah, same here. I've, I want... I hope for some sort of contract dispute where they write Claire out of the show. Really what I want is just Phil and the kids and occasionally Ed O'Neill. That's, that's what I want. And maybe like it could go to HBO for some other... Yeah. Things. <laughs> for lots of cursing um yeah, yeah, yeah of course totally uh let's see I'm trying to think of the other supporting actress in a drama went to uzu uzo aduba i think i got that right of uh, orange is the new black she became the first person since like i think ed asner again in the 70s to win to win the supporting actor or actress award in consecutive years in Different yes. categories. Because Orange is New Black was a comedy last right. year. Now Got it's reclassified. That oh, was really? totally, yeah, well-deserved. I, I Soft spot, though, for, for Christina Hendricks because I thought her, she's tremendous on Mad Men and, <laughs> and she will not, she, you know, she didn't get one, ever got and, one. And, uh, and, and uh, weed actress as well and Elizabeth yes. Moss, too. Uh-huh. Who I think, I, think mm-hmm. about the, I was thinking about this the other day. She's fantastic. Well, she might be I, two our, or three seasons of Mad Men I've seen. She Elizabeth yeah. Moss is my favorite and actress. Some theater stuff I've seen clips of her doing and some movies. I think she may end up being the best actress of her generation. She, yeah, you're you're on to something there. She is a extremely <laughs> talented actress. Seriously, um, yeah, it's it's it is a bummer that she high praise. Yeah, no, it is, it's high <laughs> praise. No, but she's incredibly good. Yes, and, absolutely. This I don't think season. I realized that early in her run on Mad Men. Like, I don't think I appreciated how difficult that role was mm-hmm. and how how tough it was to play off of Ham the way that she did uh, for so long. It took three or four seasons for me to see that. And she, man, she's good. Uh, Christina Hendricks, too. Christina Hendricks should have won one two or three years ago for that. Yeah. Um, we yeah. talked about it on our Mad Men podcast. The, uh, the other woman episode is just so heartbreaking. That should have... Should have done it. So. And Ham and Ma should have won for the, the suitcase episode. Drama series went to Game of Thrones. Greenwald on, on uh, uh, Grantland wrote today that he kind of expects, or yesterday, I guess, that uh, that, sh- that show may be the, the winner for best drama for the next like three or four seasons. Like Until it's over, that's kind of the, if you're going to bet, that's, that's the one you're going to be betting on for the next I don't know. Minority Report's out there now. So... <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess the MPH show doesn't count as a drama, which is unfortunate because <laughs> that would totally dominate. But uh, anyway, Game of Thrones took home drama ser- dramatic series. Nice. The three that I, that I want to talk about, two that I have slight problems, not problems, but I, I would have liked to have seen him go elsewhere perhaps. And then the big one that made Richard and I and so many other people so happy. Comedic actress went to Julia Louis-Dreyfus, American Treasure Julia Louis-Dreyfus for like the fourth year in a row. She's fantastic. She totally deserves it also deserves one as Amy Poehler. And I'm really bummed that I knew it was going to happen. This was not anywhere near as high on my anger list as the John Hamm bit would have been. Uh, or because, Michael Scott never. Yes. Was. Oh, exactly. But like Leslie Nope is a, one of the best female character characters period of, of any sitcom in, ever. And uh, that we're, that she goes home empty, empty handed is and such a I'm- bummer. Very high, in terms of just purely acting, very high energy, yeah. nuanced character to play. Right. Um, yeah. Not, you know, if it's not uh, like April Ludgate on Parks and Rec, great character, funny, pretty right. easy to play that part. Totally. Leslie Nope, very difficult to play that part. Yeah. So Julia Louis Dreyfus is also fantastic, and I American love Treasure. The, yep. Yeah. It's just you know, you you always hope when a show when a show that you love is in their last it's in its last year of eligibility, you always hope maybe maybe we say, you know what, Julie Louis Dreyfus can win five out of six. Let's let's let her take one off here, you know. Um but I can't fault anyone who voted for, for Julie Louis Dreyfus. I just I just think Leslie Nope. Julia, is Julia such a should give Amy one of her Emmys. Like I'm sure seriously. they would yeah. <laughs> just be like here. Uh, Anyway, that was that was one. Uh, two, the supporting actor in a drama series ended up going to Dinklage again. Dude, Jonathan Banks is so good in Better Call Saul, and had an episode that sh- that like lends itself to voting and to screeners and that sort of thing. So I was I was very surprised to see that he didn't win, and I I kind of think as great as Dinklage is. Jonathan Banks was in a completely different class, in my opinion, this this time around. I know, Kent, you watched Better Call Saul, didn't you? I watched the uh, yeah, my alone first season, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that episode where, about his son is just one of the best. Yeah. I think that might have been the best hour of television I watched this year. And so him not getting recognized for that was kind of... That show is so strong. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad great. it's gotten recognized so early. It, it's, yeah. It's starting off stronger than Breaking Bad did, I think. Just I, totally, I, I I can't wait to see it in th- three or four seasons, but yeah. yeah. I think Odenkirk is definitely coming away with some best actor awards at some point. Oh, for sure. He, Deservedly so. He's so good About on that. About time. Uh, the big one, Richard. We, we we finally won, buddy. We finally did it. Uh, John Hamm, best dramatic actor. Did he the, cry? He, did, was he bawling in his speech? He he was looked like he was a little choked up, but he did a great entrance where he kind of like crawled up onto the stage and – like had this very it was a mix of finally and and just and gratitude i felt like everybody in the place went nuts like it was a standing ovation essentially and everybody was excited to see him win because it was just it's weird it's i I was i told a friend uh the day before of just like it's so weird to me that a group of people who uh, can call themselves TV critics could look at that performance, such a difficult character to play, and he does such a masterful job of it, and just be like, eh, that's pretty good for eight solid years, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so to see him finally win, it felt like some sort of a uh, a, vict- a personal victory in a way for, for uh, I think, a lot of, of viewers and, and fans. 
Maybe it's just one of those things where the critics are like, you know what? Eventually he'll get one. He's great. You know? Yeah, you know, and it's it's they, always interesting because Cranston dominated. One, you know? Yeah, Cranston dominated. I think the ones that Kyle Chandler won for Friday Night Lights in its final season, and that was a huge surprise. And Friday Night Lights is one of my favorite shows of all time, and but John Hamm should have won that year. And then the year when Jeff Daniels randomly won, and no <laughs> one understands that still. No, it's I, weird. Most of them you could understand, like, not this of the Game of Thrones stuff. The Friday Night Lights one, though, Kyle Chandler is deserving. Um, the, that one doesn't make sense in either this newsroom because the Emmy voting base is so huge that a lot of times shows that have very high ratings just tend to win a lot of awards because they're the shows everyone has seen, right? It doesn't have, it's not a very small, uh, focused voting mass. It's a huge voting mass. So, you know, that plays your ratings kind of that's why Game of Thrones is, you know, tons of people watch Game of Thrones and breaking right. that. Not that they're not deserving shows, but they they tend to modern family, you know, two and a half men because they're very highly rated shows. So if seventy percent of your voting mass, the only comedy they've seen that year is two and a half men, they're gonna vote for it. Right. right. Yeah. Um so that's kind of has always played into my theory that Ham didn't win or Michael's you know, Michael Scott Steve Carell didn't win Leslie Knapp because those weren't super highly rated shows. Sure. But Friday Night Lights did terribly in the ratings and it won. Right. So it kinda kills that theory. Yeah. But that always is kind of my theory on a lot a lot of it does play in the ratings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. It, the Jeff Daniels one is the one that stands out as just what what are we doing here? Because that I mean uh Ham with the suitcase. Great pilot, great speed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, was Nothing that was a like tough it. loss, but but Kyle Chandler was fantastic in that season of television, and so you you can kind of I I feel like you can see it with the Jeff Daniels bit. Boy, <laughs> I just that doesn't that one will be the outlier. That will be the Shakespeare in Love. In, but you know what? He, the, the episode he submitted was the pilot of the newsroom, that's true. Yeah, and, and that's the one where he gave yeah. that great Sorkin-y speech at the beginning, and that's just gonna you know when people get that screener, they're gonna eat that up. Like yeah, it does true. make sense logically, but that show. Uh, I could do 20. We're going to get just me and Steven in here sometime. We're going to do a newsroom episode. Get the, it. It's going to be. Should do it before we do the Steve Jobs movie because that'll be a very good <laughs> yeah. comparison because Jeff Daniels is in the movie too as well. Yeah, sure. Um, what, who won the what one show? The best outstanding drama and outstanding comedy uh, Game series? Of Thrones. Game, Game of Thrones, Thrones and, and uh, Veep. Veep. Oh, Veep won for series as well. Oh, yep. Cool. Yep, wow. big big time there, and uh, and Game of Thrones. I I think uh, I think Greenwald's right. I think you bet you can you can almost write that one down for dramatic yeah. series for the next three or four years. Unless something crazy comes out next year, right. that. But with yeah. the existing group, it's going to crush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're kind of at this tail end of golden age of television in a lot of ways. I think we're we're so segmented now that you're, it's going to be much more difficult to have. Great shows that also have great, great ratings, the way Game of Thrones does and the way Breaking Bad did towards the end of its run and, and so on. You're going to have shows like The Walking Dead that have you know incredible ratings, but critics don't care about it. Um, and then you're going to have shows like Better Call Saul that did okay ratings-wise and critics adored it. But it's a, I think we're entering a different era. And that's certainly not an original thought that's been uh, propagated by Steppenwall and Greenwald and probably a million other TV critics, but uh, it's it's an interesting time. And I think Game of Thrones is kind of like that last holdover from the golden age that now carries on to whatever this next phase is. Good talk. Informative. Good see to see people get uh, recognition finally. Yeah. 
You ought to look up Kent and see uh, Tracy Morgan's speech. Oh, I can't really wait good. for him to be on SNL. Really yeah. good. Yeah, it, I'm. I've, I'd forgotten that he was doing SNL. I'm. I'm very stoked about that now because he gave a. He he seemed like he was pretty nervous. He presented uh, comedy series. I think. I think that's right. Anyway, he was a little bit. It seemed like he was a little nervous to be out there, but he got. He kind of got going as he went and had a great, great joke towards the end of his set. So I'm excited to see him. SNL. Glad he's back. That's that's amazing. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. So guys, let's talk about Black Mass. I think I'm going to start with Richard. Okay, yeah. So uh, here we go. So this is a movie that... uh, I was excited about. I like uh, the trailers were interesting. I'm always interested in anything with with Whitey Bulger. Um, yeah. Love a good, you know, kind of mafia based crime film. Scott Cooper is a interesting enough director for me. Is it out of the furnace or into the furnace? Out, out of the furnace. furnace. Out of the furnace. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, was a you know a good movie uh, that we talked about a long time ago, and it showed certainly potential for for a director. And and you know Depp is someone that. You know, is very capable of a, of a great performance and, and gives one here. The movie as a whole, Brian, you're going to hate me, didn't love it. Okay. Uh, in a world where Goodfellas and The Departed exist, I don't really know why this has to, aside from the, you know, the, the hyper-realist, you know, the, the non-allegorical uh, nature of the, of the content, you know, the straight kind of almost biopic version of the crime. Depp's incredible in it. It's, so, a few qualms i have with the film it's very well shot i'll give cooper a lot of credit whomever the director of photography is the script is very meandering and and goes in an area of the bulger kind of arc that is was not of a whole lot of interest to me it does scene by scene work there's some very chilling chilling scenes in this that are super effective but i thought over the scope of two hours there was a lot of me kind of you know rolling my eyes i almost walked out the the depth performance is incredible in terms of his technique. I don't know if it was my projector or what. I, his makeup was so obvious because it's such a physical stretch. It was like Jim Carrey is the Grinch. Like I, it, it all, all I could see was his wig line and the powder on his face, and like it was just I couldn't. As good as he was, I just kept thinking, why. Why can't we just have Leo, who kind of looks like this guy, give this performance <laughs> instead of Johnny Depp in 18 layers of caked on makeup? Um, and that's not Depp's fault because he brings it and it's powerful and it's a tour de force. But 
I just like would laugh sometimes when the camera would come on. It'd be this hyper realistic thing with with Edgerton and and uh, you know or Cumberbatch or this you know this very gritty realist thing, and then it kind of go to this guy. It, it looked like clown makeup through a lot of the film. So might have just been my screen. Maybe it was too much HD or something. I don't know, but I couldn't <laughs> get over that. And then I you know Ed, Edgerton as an actor to me kind of falls it you know. Gosh, I, I kept thinking the whole time I would have loved to see this uh, with like Jeremy Renner in the Edgerton part because sure. I think even he has more charisma than, than Edgerton and Leo, like I said, in the depth part. And uh, I just thought it was a little bit oddly cast, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a good movie. It's a perfectly good September movie. I was hoping it was going to be a December movie, and I just don't think it is, in my opinion. I'll go a step further with that, Richard. On one aspect, and say it's incredibly miscast, except for Depp. I I loved I love Depp in this movie, in this yeah. performance. Uh, he's one of the only things I actually really really liked about the movie. I liked the movie more than I liked the performances for sure. Uh, really really enjoyed what Cooper did here, and uh, and where he was going with it. And like you said, very chilling scenes. And I want to talk about some sequences spe- specifically, but. Man, Cumberbatch as Whitey Bulger's brother, it yeah. didn't work for me at Either. all. I, I thought it was and, a, a, and I love him. an incredibly poor decision. And sure. um and it I mean it took me out of it for a good I mean, almost all the scenes. And the scene with him and Egerton talking was just really kind of jarring, very jarring, I should say. And uh Adam Scott, who I love, great, great guy, yeah. great actor. Great comedic actor, great dramatic actor. Love him. Love him to death. Um, jarring in this role, uh, especially in the makeup and everything. And um, that's a four-line part. You know, uh, you could get any random character actor in there, and it wouldn't have taken me out of the experience as much. Yeah. You know, and sure. there are a lot of people that probably don't know Adam Scott, um, but a lot of people do <laughs> as right. well. And it was just not a part that I thought you needed somebody like him in, and it was just weird and. Uh, I understand why he would do it, why any actor would be in this movie. Um, you know, you want to work with Johnny, you want to work with Scott, you want to tell this Whitey Bulger story, all of the above. But You want to um, hear stories about, you know, the making of Dark Shadows, you know? <laughs> get, get in the know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there's some poor decisions on as far as that goes, but... Um, that's really my only problem with it, but I'm ex- excited to talk about this movie with, with everybody. Uh, yeah. Brian. Yeah. I think all of your, both of you, your concerns are, or your issues with it are extremely valid. Um, I would say, yeah, I, I'm not sure that the casting, I think it's, I think it's difficult for a director. I think people wanted to be in this movie and I That's think that I it's hard to yeah. say, Look, 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 Mr. Cumberbatch, I yeah. I think you're tremendous, but when I think of a senator from Southie, I don't really think of yeah. Sherlock Holmes, you know. Um and I think it's difficult to it's such a tremendous cast. It is so hard to use all those people effectively and in the right spot. And yeah, you're right. I don't think Cum- Cumberbatch was was pretty If it well wasn't cast. Cumberbatch, it was going to be Guy Pierce who would have even been just as jarring, yeah. if not more yeah. jarring. How do you not yeah. get Affleck for that part? Right? 
And that's true. I mean, I know he's <laughs> way too big for it, but I mean, still, I mean, Cumberbatch is huge too. How was there not no bot like Wahlberg or Affleck yeah. in this movie <laughs> yeah. at some point? Yeah. I was waiting for a Park to and a Hoppedia. That's my but, biggest problem with yeah. Cooper doing this, though. I think he did a, a completely passable to good job. Mm-hmm. Is that this would have been the most kick-ass Affleck movie? Sure. And I'm mad now that he can't make it unless it's like a jobs type thing where he just yeah. does another Whitey Bulger movie in three years. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And it's it's you could sense like I don't know. In some ways this is like the best Scorsese non Scorsese movie like ever. Off, yeah. <laughs> it's like, super it, that's my other criticism. It's very yeah. derivative of Goodfellas. Like Sure. And, yeah, there's and, there's a lot of common. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Totally. And I and I think the town as well. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of that and yeah it would be nice to have uh it would have been nice to have somebody who has more of a connection to boston i guess telling that that story but but overall i thought about a cooper did a really good job of of putting it all together you know look my complaints about biopics are always the same and this is a biopic in some ways it's they're too sprawling you're trying to tell too big of a story in two hours and you need you know you need limits um, that's why the Jobs movie looks so good to me is because it's uh, they've they're limiting the scope of that movie. It seems like, and that's that's such a smart decision. Um, yeah, you so you don't yes. have to see him. You don't have to see Uncle Ben get killed. Yes, no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Everyone's um, Uncle Ben, right? But I thought I thought two things made this what it was, which I think is a very very good movie. Is that what you mentioned, Richard? Scene to scene. Self-contained scenes are – there are a lot of them that are tremendous scenes and they're shot well and they're acted well and um, the scripting is, is done quite well. I think it's the, the connections between the scenes that, that don't necessarily work or that stretch it a little too far or mm, kind of kill some of the momentum that each scene builds. But because those scenes are so good when they – you know each and, each and of themselves or unto themselves I guess – um, I didn't really notice the stretching so much in the movie after the movie, two days later, um, some of those issues started to pop up for me, but my experience in the movie was, uh, was pretty strong. I don't know how long it's been since we've seen Johnny Depp do something of any significance or value. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean four. Yeah. I, that's <laughs> probably, I mean, Probably Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one is the last. Uh, no, I, mean, I would say Finding Neverland, maybe. Yeah, that's I, a beautiful little movie. Finding okay. Neverland's a good little movie, and uh, there was one more after that too. That was uh, let me pull up my Johnny Depp filmography that I have tattooed on my inner arm. Um, <laughs> let me see here. I'm trying to think what's post his his bit in Doctor Parnassus was very good, but that's not a starring role. He's in it yeah. for you know five minutes. Um, it's 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 really secret window bleak. Was yeah, the- I guess. Yeah. I mean he's got a couple of okay, that was fine performances and then yeah. he's got a lot of what are we doing? And I don't think he's been locked in on a role in at least a decade. And this was this was like that reminder of like, oh right, like this is the guy who did Johnny Brasco and Blow and and Pirates of the Caribbean and some of these movies where he has given some incredible Edward Scissorhands where he's given some incredible performances this is that reminder of like whoa this guy can be so good when he is in the right when he cares when he's with the right 
director when he's in the right environment. Maybe when he's a little desperate and needs it to be good, maybe he recognizes that things are not going so well for his career um, without this performance. I got completely lost in his performance uh, more deeper and deeper as as the movie went. I I, I said coming out, I think I texted you guys, I, I, it was very Gary Oldman to me. I forgot many times. I, I continually forgot that I was watching Johnny Depp. And uh, so I didn't have the the makeup issues. And you're right, Richard. Maybe it's a a screen thing or a projector yeah. issue. Um, I didn't have any of that. It took me about three minutes to get around on the weird uh, makeup and prosthetics and and stop looking at him as uh, like Nosferatu and and instead as mm-hmm. he, I mean he looked like a Jack Nicholson character. Um, but I thought it was very. I thought he just did such a tremendous job that for me the issues just kind of pale in comparison to I think he's he's definitely propping the movie up but he props it up really really well for me let's say I can't argue with him propping this movie <laughs> he, he propped the heck out of it supporting cast what did you think of them Brian I don't think I'm as down on him as you guys are uh but you're right there's there's too many people that are crammed into really small roles and that can be distracting I I like Egerton, but it is becoming uh, it's becoming one of those things where I liked his early performances a lot, and I'm and nothing that he's done since then is is living up to those. Does that make sense? Like he started out promising. He he yes. threw no hitter in his first two starts. And now he's he hasn't, very, yes, hasn't yes. struck out a batter in a season or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's very good in Animal Kingdom, if you guys have ever seen that. He's incredible in Warrior, which is one of the one of the most underrated movies of the last decade. And he's very good in Zero Dark Thirty, but it's he gets overshadowed by Pratt. Since he kind of hit it big, we've had Gatsby, which he A is not a good movie and he is bad in it. Um Exodus, he was bad in that. The gift everybody liked more than I did. You know, it's it's not. It hasn't been a great run that he's been on. I thought there were moments in this where he was very good. He definitely threw himself into the role, and I I wasn't distracted by him being in it. But it did. It's funny that you mentioned Renner Richard because all I could think of was Renner's character in um, American mm-hmm. Hustle. It was such a similar, yeah. yeah, such a similar character, and Renner pulled it off with more. Flash, I guess, which is so weird to say about Renner because yeah. <laughs> he's not a flashy actor at all. But I thought, uh, I thought that that role kind of needed a little bit more of that Ray Liotta from Goodfellas charisma to it, and didn't quite get that from Edgerton. And it's such a disappointment because I think the guy's good, but he's not pretty right with most of the stuff that he's done lately. I thought Sarsgaard was great. I would have liked a little bit more of him. Um, you know, Cumberbatch, not great. Jesse Plemons, always great. And I thought he was one of the few that was put in the right role along with uh, maybe Roy Cochran. And and neither one of them are utilized all that well because we were distracted by Adam Scott and Kevin Bacon. And could someone please put Corey Stoll in a right role in a drama? I'm dying for that guy to get. He's good in it, man. Sure, but it's not really a drama. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, that's a superhero movie. He's so good. Somebody's got to be able to figure out how to use him. Maybe he should have been in the Egerton role. I, I don't know, but I think he's great, but he's in the movie for like a minute and a half. And that is kind of becoming a trend for him. So yeah, too many, too many people, too many people that are jammed into roles that it becomes distracting where maybe if we could have had 
some veteran character actors in those slots. Uh, maybe that's uh, it keeps the momentum going a little bit during those moments that are kind of stretching from depth scene to depth scene. Yeah, I, I think there's a few issues with the screenplay here and the fact – I realize this is sort of a biopic or based on a true story. Uh, as loose as you want to define that, uh, you know, make that definition uh, in your own mind. But I, I – they were kind of going for the Goodfellas thing with Jesse Plemons' character – Right uh, at the beginning with a kind of narration, but it's him in an interrogation, so it's not really narration. That was a clever way to work around it. Like, how can we have narration without yeah. actually yeah. having narration? And sure. They did, and they did that. Um, but it, it really drifted away from that, and that was kind of confusing. Like, it really kind of had me interested, I will say, in the setup. Um, yeah. And uh, they kind of started to work him more in into it um, towards then- the second and third acts, but then it just faded away again like yeah. same um, with uh dakota johnson's character right just like yeah. we get built up with her and it's like oh she's just gone now for the next yep. hour, 20 minutes sure. they focus way too much on egerton in the middle to yeah. it's his end of the first oh. to the middle act just it was just it's mm-hmm. more his movie and i wanted to see more i mean i i realize um this is weird to say i wanted to see more whitey in this movie yeah no <laughs> like, totally i shouldn't have totally. to say that should i yeah. you know yeah no, I, th- I thought that was an interesting – that's totally the, – the, the interview thing is definitely like a script crutch, but it worked really well, and they just – I think they, they should have relied on it more. I think Cooper should have gone to that more frequently because you're right. Like you forget that that is part of the construct of the movie, and then all of a sudden uh, we're stopping down for another interview with, with these guys, and it's a it's – a, it's, it worked. You it just, works for a good setup used because yeah. some of the more dramatic – um, I don't want to call them action scenes, but um, mm. I know just explosions of violence. I should say from sure. Whitey sure. that we get. They're very tense, and the build up is is great. I mean, yeah, it's those, like it's like scene when he and then when he goes up and right inside the bedroom there, yeah, is uh, that's great scene. My one of the best scenes of the year, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was reminiscent of I mean, No Country for Old Men, like mm-hmm. in some uh-huh. of the yeah some of the tenseness from that we got from Bardem's character and that uh, I got from Depp here, which is great. I mean, it's a high, high praise. Like I said earlier, it's high um, praise. <laughs> do you think this is going to stand up as far as one of the best performances of the year? I still think there's going to be five that are yet to come that are going to outshine Depp at this point. I think he gets a nomination just because, well, a, the Academy and Hollywood, Hollywood loves Johnny Depp. And so I think that helps. Um, but it is a transformative role, and that is something that the Academy is always looking for. And it's extremely powerful. So it's not – a lot of times we get transformative roles, and they're very soft and kind of quiet. The way I mean, you know, Eddie Redmayne just won Best Actor for a very quiet performance. Um, this is so much more powerful. I think it's going to stick with people. I don't know if Black Mass – as a whole is going to get, uh, you know, I don't know that this is going to be a best picture nominee. I guess it depends on, I think it's a weak year. So that probably could, could help it. But I, I think Depp is going to get the nomination. Um, you know, whether or not he wins, that's, oh, there's a lot to be decided on that obviously. But I, I think he's, I think he ends up with the nomination. I hope so. I hope he gets I do it. Too. I, I it, like to see people get what they deserve. But man, Leo is pissed. Leo's coming for it with the Revenant. I'm telling yeah. you. Oh yeah. He's like, like, no, Johnny. It's my yeah. time this year. Definitely. Yeah. 
not to and uh, Michael Keaton's getting a lot of buzz for that uh, Spotlight movie again. Oh, yeah. good, yeah. Um, we which looks incredible. Back for last year, Jeez. I'm so excited for Spotlight. That's that's my uh, Black Mass, Brian. Nice. That's the one I'm randomly super pumped for. I have to look that one up because I can't even remember the the details. It's, it's the Boston Globe uh, journalism team that kind of started investigating the Catholic Church in Boston. Oh that's yes, yes, Boston. yes. But how? Like, but let me ask you this, Richard: How are they going to tie in time travel to that? Because Rachel McAdams. I know. Like, well, so. I'll tell you why. Look who else is in it. That he's a heck of a magician. <laughs> Jesse. No. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, oh, Mark Ruffalo. Gosh. So they all get the carousel in the end of time travel. <laughs> Love um, it. Like nine months away. <laughs> oh man. Should we go at midnight? Can we call around? Do you think someone would let us in at midnight? I already have tickets. Don't we should we've got it taken just, care of. Let's go draft let's house. Let's you uh, Alamo, yeah, and do our do our bit there. We need to do that, by the way. We need to talk we need to schedule that. <laughs> we do. We need to schedule that. What do we think of uh Dakota Johnson in this? Eh. Yeah, I, can, she's I, can I just fun. tell you guys, like Dakota Johnson, absolutely nothing for me. Like yeah, yeah. Same. It, I don't I don't think that she is particularly talented. I don't find her <sighs> charming or charismatic or compelling or anything like that. You know, <laughs> to, to continue the the American Hustle uh, comparison, you know what makes this movie jump up a grade is 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 a Jennifer Lawrence type yeah. performance. And it, look, American Hustle is a comedy in in some ways, and this is not. And so maybe that's an unfair comparison. But Jennifer Lawrence's performance in that movie. Uh, really, I think elevates sells it. It elevates it and sells the whole thing, and mm-hmm. and that is the only female role in this in this movie, and it really falls flat. And I, for once, I I don't think it's the writing. Usually, we can say the writing and the directing for uh, for a female character is, is bad or is lacking or whatever. And I I don't necessarily think that was the case. I think there were scenes in which she could have made something happen. And, she just she just does she just i don't know i'm kind of done with the dakota johnson experiment yeah there's i mean i'm looking through actresses right now there's so many actresses, both bigger names and smaller names than her that would have been good in that part and yeah and that's uh i thought the scene with her and and johnny about uh i mean and whitey i should say (laughs) about their son and putting him down or, or whatever was very intense or good or for johnny yeah, I thought it was good on his his end. I thought her side was just kind of it was I mean, like he owns her acting against there. a blank wall right. in, in a lot of ways to me. Yeah, I, I mean, part of me thinks her disappearance in the film maybe wasn't in the script and <laughs> a little bit of editing that uh, we can kill yeah. thirty minutes out of this thing pretty quickly yeah. and get it down to a clean two if we uh, just make Dakota Johnson go away for a while. Sure, sure. Because that's one thing about Whitey Bulger: the dichotomy of him, this the sociopathic. Right. nature of him is well known but then he also was this kind of fierce fierce loyal lover and you yeah. know he gave himself up in a lot of ways to to make sure that his girlfriend at the time right um was you know got off okay so he looked he's like a pretty good dad and stuff like it was <laughs> yeah kind of weird yeah so that's what makes him so kind of fascinating is that and that wasn't explored at all yeah um yeah. The, i think the because Whitey had- Bulger story as a whole is so incredibly interesting if you're if the listener is unfamiliar with his uh, with his biography, you should definitely do some digging or read a book or something because it's just it's it's a fascinating. He's a fascinating guy, as you know, all outlaws, terrible human beings are like that. You know, is there a definitive documentary that's been released about it or anything? 
just called Whitey. Yeah, That's United States of America versus James Bolger is what I'm seeing. Yep. That's the one I was, I was expecting because that is on Netflix. I just saw it earlier. Yeah. And it's uh, Joe Berenger. Berenger, whatever it is, how you say it. Ah, He's yes. Won an Oscar, I think. Yeah. It's 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not too shabby. What worked here for you, uh, Richard? It's like, uh, how do I put this? This is how I, I, I'm torn with the, with the, uh, with the performance because he's so good. I just don't, don't know. It's, it, he had to be so incredible just to be good at it. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, like if I was making a Malcolm X biopic and I cast Charlie Sheen, but Charlie Sheen did an awesome Malcolm X. Like he just brought it. <laughs> it would still be distracting because he does, you know, he would have to layer on so much makeup to look like Malcolm. <laughs> and so, What's funny is that Pete, like apparently uh, they hired consultants or they they found friends of Whitey's and yeah. they took Depp around them as Whitey and they're like that's exact Whitey like how could I know and it's not something it had to be something with my screen because like yeah. it was like it was like a Saturday Night Live sketch when the hairline starts peeling back and I was just like I can't stop staring at this weird line that's on funny. his forehead he's way and too handsome to be Whitey yeah exactly. But I would totally watch a you know, uh, about when like at the end of Malcolm X when he left the Nation of Islam and he goes to Egypt for a while and it's just Charlie Sheen for two hours. <laughs> I'd watch that if he did a good one. But that's how I was. Like it, it's not Depp's fault. I just think he was. It's too far of a leap, man, into where it's where it just didn't quite work to me. But gosh, did he bring it? What was he incredible? What about you, Brian? What really worked? Yeah, I mean, Depp is the the thing that I'm going to take home from this movie. I, I thought he was just I, I'm blown away by how good he was, and it's it's it almost comes as a, a complete surprise to me because, I mean, we've been doing this for almost three years, and we we bash on Johnny Depp as much, if not more, than almost any other actor or pop cultural entity because we all I think the thing is we know he's capable of being a, of doing this, and he's just been doing this junk for so long that i'd kind of thought we're never going to get a good performance out of him again let alone a great one and i think this is a a great performance um but like i said there are there are several scenes many scenes that individually just the scene itself works so well and are either extremely compelling or extremely powerful or extremely unnerving or all three you know i thought maybe the best scene in the whole movie just as a kind of a juxtaposition of several other scenes throughout the film was him was the one where they drive past the, the old lady and he like hops out of the car and talks to her and is super kind. And I think that kind of gave a glimpse of the, the weird paradox that, that Whitey Bulger was. Cause you know, mm-hmm. they kind of talk about how he, he was sort of a folk hero in that area of Boston while being a terrible murderer that was doing lots of awful, terrible things. And that, that scene was uh, very interesting to, to compare and contrast to some of the more brutal stuff, you know, stuff that we get uh, a little bit later on in the film. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I was conflicted because I couldn't tell who they were trying to sell as the protagonist. And I realized, I think they're trying to make us love, hate, uh, Whitey, like 
he was he was such a bad guy, but he could have been a good guy. Like he was a very conflicted person and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I mean, Egerton is in it so much, and he's the FBI agent, and he works for us. You know, he's like the rebels against Darth Vader. You know, and, and right, right. But you kind of like Darth Vader because he's so cool. You know, and it's kind of right. a weird thing going on there. Um, but man, I I wanted to see more Whitey. Yeah, there were yeah. so many times where they're sitting in the office talking about politics and how are we going to catch him and what are we going to do and and meanwhile i'm thinking like man i bet whitey is just messing some people up right now <laughs> you know we're not seeing yeah. it you know uh kevin bacon also appearance yeah. here what do we yeah. think about him showing up for me it was in the same vein as you know adam scott or <laughs> cumberbatch in a way some of all those it's like you know kevin bacon's fine and i, I like kevin bacon in many things but you know, he's in this movie for like three minutes. That couldn't have been, I don't know, Noah Emmerich or 100 other character actors. I mean, it's just <laughs> kind of an odd, I don't know. It's not like he's Kevin giving Bacon some, wants to be in your movie, though. Well, that's know? the thing. I think I really think that's part of the, the deal is Scott Cooper has made one very, very good film and another that was uh, pretty good. And and he's making a story about or excuse me he's making a movie about a story that is very popular and a lot of people if they don't have a connection to it then they have a great interest in it. I mean Whitey Bulger's been of great interest to me personally for I don't know 15 years I just I think he's got such a it's such an interesting story that it's got to be hard when all these guy when these people are showing up saying hey yes I'm willing to take you know five percent of what i normally make in a movie to play this small role it's not easy to mix that together that's something that a that someone like scorsese is so is really good at doing and it's you know scott cooper is probably not quite up to that given that this is his third movie that he's ever done you know this is uh it is kind of a bummer that um affleck or scorsese couldn't have done this movie scorsese couldn't touch it because he Whitey Bulger was, I was the, gonna say Scorsese did it. Yeah, well, yeah, with Goodfellas and and, and Whitey Bulger is, is the emphasis, or excuse yeah. me, the inspiration for Jack Nicholson's character yeah. in The Departed, and so he's kind of already done it in his way. And so I thought Cooper did a really good job with this film, but the cast, I don't think it's a, one of those weird examples where having a lot of A list and high B list actors actually probably hurt the overall production. Where was the low point? What was? What did you not like, uh, Brian? Uh, I could have done with a little bit less of the FBI office talk stuff. I'm fine with making Edgerton or Egerton out to be the you know the second lead and uh, propping that character up because he's got a very interesting story as well. It's just it overshadowed at times what uh, Johnny Depp was doing in that in that character as a whole, and I just I wanted more of that. So yeah, there's definite the connecting scenes the um, exposition and stuff to get from one scene to another of a movie that takes place over the course of 30 years almost uh, is could have been tightened up or cleaned up or taken out altogether. We could have focused this a little bit more. And I think I would have, I would have thought them, I think the movie would have been better for that. Um, But it's, this is the problem with biopics, man. It's hard to tell a 30 year story in two hours. It's just really, and, and you make it compelling throughout and not have sections where you zone out or sections where you're just like basically just receiving information to get us on to the next sequence. That's it's tough to do. That's why biopics as a whole are not 
you know, my favorite genre. Um, this is a very, if you consider this a biopic, which I think it is, this is a very, very good biopic, but it's still a biopic. Yeah, man, the scene with Halloran and, and he's driving the car and the guy picks him up and the driver gets shot. And then he's yeah. just trying to drive the car as the bullets are flying in. Oh yeah. my gosh, man. I was, that was yeah. an unbelievable scene. Like yeah. that was that that gave me chills like that was yeah. very too surreal or visceral for me it's a in some weird way uh in sure. a good way but i mean there are some really really high high points in this movie and there's some really mm-hmm. really low lows yeah so it's kind of hard i mean it evens out for me i would probably give this a 80 percent. you know if i was to grade it um sure. it's, it's 76 on uh rotten Tomatoes, oh okay right? i didn't even see so that's, yeah well i would give i would fair. give it an 80 i mean it's better yeah. than 70 five or six. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised it's not higher actually. Yeah. It's I thought got I was in the minority. 30, 39 negative reviews or rotten reviews anyway. So, which is what, high, what are the people saying high. that, that don't like it? Oh, you know, our friend Edelstein, his pull quote is it's quote. It's as if the spirit of a psychopath like Bolger resists the camera, or maybe the movie isn't imagined enough to penetrate his shell, which is, oh. you know, Accurate, fair. I, I still, guess. I still, I kind of agree in, in the fact that there's a lot more to tell of this. Story oh yeah, totally, and... totally, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think maybe one of the one of the biggest cons against this movie, and this, it's not fair to to Black Mass or Scott Cooper, but one of the bigger issues that it's dealing with is that it exists in a world where we have seen Goodfellas and Casino and The Departed and The Town and some of these other movies that are better movies that are telling a similar story and you, you, you have to draw comparisons to them. Even if I don't think that I don't consider this a knockoff. I think it's definitely an, an homage to those films, but it's not, you know, it's not up to the quality of those films, but those are all great films. So is that necessary? I don't know that that's necessarily fair. And I think it's, you're writing your own destiny. If, if you ever yeah. make a mob film, it's automatically going to be compared to those movies. I mean, it's sure. like at this point, you know, especially sure. about uh, a well-known mob figure such as was Whitey. I'm surprised right. Scorsese, um, I mean, I'm surprised somebody else has, didn't try to do this uh, adaptation of this source material. It was mm-hmm. an official biopic or a biography of Whitey yeah. Bulger or something. That's highly regarded. Have you, did you read it, Richard? No, I haven't read it. I I uh, I don't read a lot of crime stuff. It's just a, like a, true story a, crime yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's not a big. It's a big gap in my resume. Right. I mean, but James I'm, Patterson puts out like eight novels a year. Richard's got to keep up with those. So yeah, exactly. And not to mention my my Grishams. <laughs> Pop yeah, up gets I, a Grisham. I know, I know that the, the Departed was inspired by Whitey Bulger and yeah. his people, but I mean, I'm surprised. There, this is the is this like you said is this. Uh, with with Affleck, is he gonna do his own? Is this the definitive Whitey Bulger movie? You know, <laughs> uh, that's kind of weird to think. Uh, sure, that's like what we were saying when Jobs came out. The Ashton Kutcher was like, <laughs> "Is this really it? Is this what we're getting for this guy?" You know, right? Uh, luckily not. But I mean, golly, um, I mean, this was it's 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 teetering. It's right at the edge of Oscar season, and it's uh, yeah. it's kind of could sneak in there for some performances, and uh, you know Scott Cooper's shown some flash with Crazy Heart, which is fantastic. By the way, I agree, Brian. Yeah, it, it's almost top ten of all time for me. Good, like I love that movie. Yeah, and um, man, it, this this is tough for me, um, but I would give it about an eighty, so a B. 
as far as my grade would go. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other thoughts? Any things stick out bad, good for this That's, one? No. Nah, I think we've covered it. Grades? I'm going to go. I was same. I was going to go with a, a B, B minus, which fits in with your, with your 80. Richard. I mean, Brian. I'm going to go quite a bit higher than you guys. I think, uh, look, this is a, this has not been a great year, especially up to this it's point. It's one of the stronger ones. I will say it's, if I was to make a top 10 list, it would be in there at this point. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think this is, I think there's a good chance at this point, this is the best live action movie that I've seen this year. So I'm going to, as opposed to like inside out and the, the documentaries that we've seen that I think are all better. I, I, I think this. I'm going to give it an A, and it's that is again very much propped up by by Johnny Depp, who gave uh, I, I, I definitely the best definitely the best performance I've seen this year. And, See, I would argue because Trainwreck was better, and Amari's performance was better. So. <laughs> uh, oh, Trainwreck was good. Uh, Amari, Amari might be American Treasure. We need him in more movies. <laughs> he needs to be part of uh, he part of McGruber's crew. It's, I don't blame him for leaving the Mavs. No, one I don't time. either. I, I want to uh, leave the Mavs at this point. <laughs> he needs to be part of uh, MacGruber's crew whenever in the <laughs> in the prequel that we're writing together. Yorma, hit us up. We have a great prequel idea. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go with an I'm going to go with a straight A. Sweet. Well, this one we might be talking about later this year. Then, yeah. Mm, yes. Hey, what's up, ma'am? Fam, Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, let's uh, hit a recommend. Weekly recommends. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I'm going to make mine short and sweet. Furious 7, Blu-ray DVD, last week. <laughs> it's all about family, saw, baby. You Snapchatted it like three I, different times. Are you still I, figuring out how that works? Yeah, I don't understand how <laughs> Snapchat works because I'm old, okay? Um, and you're only naked in two of them. Dude. <laughs> Post the yeah. story. What's this? <laughs> One of my greatest fears. I like. I know I'm old, but I'm pretty technologically savvy. I I have a hard time figuring. It. Snapchat to me is the least accessible of any of the social medias. Like it I is, don't understand how it works. And it just I know, doesn't work in a, in a way that it, it doesn't follow the logic that has previously been laid out by. I think it's other, way more personal than any but I social love media. Yeah, once because you're literally. It's my favorite. You're, you're, yeah. I mean, you're looking through the camera of somebody's cell phone. I mean, you're seeing what they see. Yeah, I mean, no. It's very it's, interesting. It's a very cool yeah. idea. I just, like, I know I sent that at least twice because I, 
I was like trying to go back and retake the picture and it wouldn't do it. I was like, well, what? And then it sent. I was like, well, I didn't even know that button did that, you know. Yeah. So, You'll get uh, used to it. Once you get used to it, it's I, it's a game changer. Next time we hang out, you guys will have to show me how to snap. I will. And I will. get the cool fonts and pictures and stuff that you guys have because I, okay. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. But, uh, that. but uh, you know, I get, <laughs> I get snaps of uh, Richard's ex-girlfriend's dog like twice a week. So that's good. Uh, I'm gonna recommend Snapchat. Anyway, um, Furious Seven, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Furious Seven, Furious Seven. Richard. Uh, yeah, and and also Snapchats of my current girlfriend's dog because that's that's half of our Snapchats too. So you know it all yeah. works out. It all comes full circle. Um, hey, I'm gonna go with a depth theme. What's Marie up to? Is she on Snapchat? I love. 10 years later or whatever it's been don't know how to say her name correctly and it's one of your best bits. um okay shout out um kind of halfway kind of a shout out if uh brian knew what he was talking about um no so my i'm gonna stay on a depth theme and go with um there's a new keith richards documentary out on the uh, on the netflix and a, in an interview on the on the wtf pod um with mark Marin, and the interview is great and the documentary is even better. It's a great uh, little documentary into Keith. I love Keith Richards. Keith Richards' musical tastes and mine are very similar. Um, and uh, so I love blues and soul and, and country, old you know, old country. And uh, so Keith is kind of a kindred spirit in that way, though I'm a far yuppier version and, and live a, a far less hard life. But uh, he's this beautiful totally unique uh spirit and the documentary really captures that and uh you get to watch him play pool with buddy guy i mean come on how cool is that um that's the definition of cool in my book so uh yeah it's uh gosh i don't know what the documentary is called (laughs) i'm so bad with titles it's called Uh, keith richards yeah the documentary yeah it's it's on netflix let's see We'll just be professional here, and I'll just redo that line. Yeah, I bet or, you there's a semicolon in it somewhere. I'm just going to guess. Richards, under the influence. Under the influence. No semicolon. Keith Richards, semicolon, under the influence. Yep, you're right. I was right. Neither would be right. semicolon. <laughs> I know. It's actually, it's actually not. That's You're wrong. It's a colon. Oh. Semicolon is a comma. I mean, song. colon. That's what I meant. Yep. Colon. Well, well sorry. sorry. The record shows you were incorrect. <laughs> um. It's a, uh, but yeah, it's great. I've, Kent, you'll, you'll, you, and Brian both, because both of you have, that kind of routine music. It's it's yeah. an hour and a half of your life. I highly highly recommend to you both. Sweet. When I get caught up on Castle, I'll let you know. And uh, <laughs> just, just kidding. Even what's the guy's name on Castle? Nathan Fillion. Fillion. Yeah. Yeah. Even Nathan Fillion isn't caught up on Castle. <laughs> In his great, brain, even he's three seasons behind. He stopped paying great attention. Bit. Yeah. Great. By the bit way, on. Johnny said he broke his record this with Black Mass. It's the first movie he of his he's ever seen. Seriously, oh, uh, yeah, he's never seen any of his movies. And well, broke, maybe that's he, the like, problem. The director made him uh, go see it, like at the premiere in Venice yeah. or something or somewhere. Maybe you but, should have seen some of the movies he's made in the last ten years. Maybe that would have changed. Mean, he knows what they are. He's like rich. He's like, I know what. Terrible. I know exactly oh. what this is. I need to see like, five uh, minutes of it. I know. Why was I wearing a scarf in that why movie? Was I, why? Why is my face white? Like, he just doesn't know this head. whole time. That would yeah. be great if he went back and he wrote this long apology online about like, oh my gosh. <laughs> he just comes I, back I, like super clean cut. Yeah. Just. Just dress like he scarves. works in an office or something. Yeah, throw all the scarves away. And gosh, do I mumble? Oh, <laughs> no, one, no one told me to speak coherently. You're right. I did look like I smelled terrible. 
<laughs> yeah, well, who gave me a clone ad? I just watched that. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, I'm going to recommend an album. Can any of you guess what it is? It's going to be Ryan Adams, 1989. Uh, it's not actually. I, uh, I should recommend that though. I was, I was. That was going to be my guess as well. Should you? Did you Which hear is it? Great, by the way. I've listened to it all. all the I way listened to a little bit. It's times. fantastic. Yeah, Ryan exactly. Adams is just amazing. I love him. It proves a Ryan Adams is awesome, but mm-hmm. B Taylor Swift is awesome too. I, Those yeah, are great songs. Years, I don't think she has a very strong voice when she sings live. I don't either, but her I think songs she comes are off fantastic. as a little bit of a priss, but that girl writes the crap out of a song and she Absolutely. will be making millions of dollars until she stops. Yep. Like her career, even if she totally disappeared off the face of the earth tomorrow, she would be making bank until she's 70 because she can write a catchy. Yeah, she could, she could be Dolly Parton without. Yeah, exactly. You know, or Carly Simon or yeah. Carol yeah. King or any of those people. Like mm-hmm. you, Carol King's We You Still Love Me Tomorrow, like the definitive teenage ballad of the 60s. You know, like was it the Shirelles who ever did that? Like mm-hmm. that could be the kind of stuff Taylor Swift does when she gets older and should she's do. Sure. 1989, the, the Ryan Adams one was, was great. So but what record are you recommending? A little bit uh, of- Kendrick. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Have you heard it? Yes. To, to, to Pimp a to Butterfly. Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, it it's is, a awesome record. It's an absolute shredder. I mean, it is just yeah. unbelievable. And he, he was on Colbert, I think, second mm-hmm. night, first night. Yep. And did a medley of the album. And it's it's an unreal performance, too. You, I mean, go on YouTube and watch it. it I've watched it like three or four times. After the fact, but I mean, he's the good. The album, I mean, it'll be we'll be talking about it Grammy time and and all yeah. that. I mean, it's I know we will. It's just <laughs> a, I mean, it, it sounds like it, it took twelve years to record. I mean, it's yeah. just so diverse and complex and everything. And he's extremely talented. But I don't Great recommend year for a, music. Man, yeah, honestly. I don't recommend a lot of music, and I, that gets my recommend. So yeah, um, it's been a really out. strong year for music that is not on the radio. Um, a lot of good. A lot of my favorite bands have put out and, and artists have put out pretty solid stuff this year. It's been good. Good. Been expensive. My vinyl collection is growing and uh, my, is I just pre ordered yesterday on vinyl. Nice. It sent yeah. me back, but it's worth it. Uh Brian Warwork, where can we find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill twelve. You can find my writing occasionally at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on the Twitter at Richard Barden, or you can find me at richardbarden.com, which I Desperately need to update him. It's going to put that on my calendar for this week. Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and find our show on Twitter at MAM underscore podcast. If you want to stay up to date with our hilarious banter that continues throughout the week. And you can uh, download our episodes on iTunes. Only our first 100 or most recent 100 show up on there. So if you want anything Uh, older uh, than that, go to the website. We have a lot more episodes. Just search uh, for any movie and we might have an episode. There's a small hack on that. If you just subscribe and then look in the feed, I think you can see like every episode we've ever done. So, oh, okay, there you go. The new update. I noticed that with another podcast that I listened to. You can see this particular podcast had like 400 episodes, and I could see. Well, let me I check that right now for our I'm looking, wonderful I'm looking, listeners I'm looking. on my nope, iPhone. It's not quite true on ours yet. So, forget that note. Ours goes back to January of 2014 on the app right now. Wow, that's not even close to the amount. Yeah, it says yep. 100. So, yep. yeah, okay. there, I mean, we have a lot more. So, yep. go on the website for those. We're getting close, guys, to episode 200. We need to start thinking about what to do. Mm. We're, we're hitting a couple other milestones, year. too, that we need to prepare for. We so do. It's, it's big, big time. Big time. Big time. But until next time.
call in tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're calling again. 